The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Eight minutes after eight it is and uh, time for the Forum at 8. Now, Parliament's second term has just ended this past weekend with constituency period kicking in straight away. Members will return to Parliament on July the 21st. Meanwhile, the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution, KSAC, convened on Friday last week uh, a group of people with significant knowledge and experience in Parliament to consider the challenges facing the institution today. Amongst others, the group concluded that the current crisis confronting Parliament needed to be understood primarily as a political problem with constitutional undertones rather than a legal one. But um, we are going to be speaking to our panel now. And uh, just before we do, a reminder that uh, the lines are open 891 You can also uh, send us an SMS to the number 34701. Tweet or Facebook AM Live on SAFM on my personal account at Sakina. And just a reminder of the question we are asking you this morning, is there a need for the role of parliament to be re-evaluated? And if so, tell us why. Why do you feel, if you do, that parliament needs to be re-evaluated? Our guest this morning, uh, Mr. Lawson Naidu, who is Executive Secretary of the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution. Thanks for your time, Mr. Naidu. Uh, Good morning, Fakina. And um, we also joined by uh, Mr. Musibudi Mangena, who is an academic, an author, an anti-apartheid activist, former Minister of Science and Technology and former President of the Azanian People's Organization. Thanks for your time as well, Mr. Mangena. I think we'll uh, try and find him in a little bit. He's somewhere there. Uh, but in the meantime, let's say good morning to Mr. Rolf Mayer, who was chief negotiator during South Africa's transition to democracy, also served as Minister of Constitutional Development and Planning. Thanks for your time, Mr. Mayer. Thank you and good morning. Now, let me start with you, um, Mr. Naidu. Firstly, I mean, uh, when KSEC convened uh, the meeting last week, um, uh, what were you hoping? What were the objectives that you were hoping to achieve? Uh, morning, uh, Sakina, again. Uh, firstly, just a, a small correction. The meeting was actually convened a week earlier on the 18th of, of June. Um, but the, the purpose of the meeting was to say to, to try and bring together a, a group of people who have experience of Parliament, who have great knowledge about the institution, to try and get beyond uh, the sort of immediate public perceptions of what is wrong with the institution and try and unpack uh, the problem in a way that we can come up with solutions. It, it wasn't uh, aimed at being another... Uh, finger-pointing exercise, but really saying what, what, what interventions are needed, what does Parliament need to do to fix the problem. It, 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 it is very evident that there is a problem. And it was agreed that you know, this was fundamentally a political issue that needed political solutions uh, that would need to be in the long term uh, buttressed by, by rules and legal uh, prescripts. Uh, and we, we went through that process, and, and uh, you know, there was, you know, this was a disparate group of people, but with, uh, say, with great insight. And we came up with a, you know, with a set of, of, of interventions that people made, identifying some of the, the challenges to be faced. And obviously, the, uh, one of the key issues was about the, the separation of powers and the role of Parliament. And it was felt that Parliament had degenerated and had not uh, was not being seen as an equal. Uh, arm of the state alongside the uh, executive and the judiciary. And Parliament need to be, be, needed to beef up its autonomy and independence, not to be as deferent to the executive as sometimes comes across, uh, where the presiding officers are sometimes seen, seen as protecting the executive rather than allowing parla- Parliament to exercise pr- proper scrutiny and oversight 
over the executive. And uh, it was also stated that there's a, a macabre fascination with Parliament. You know, the parliamentary channel on television is more popular now than it has ever been. But it's really much more like people uh, tuning in to watch, a, uh, to watch a car accident rather than really engaging with the real business of Parliament. It's really looking there for the drama to see what's going to happen on a particular occasion. Um, and in that regard, it was felt that part of Parliament reevaluating its role was to, to create a more dynamic interface with the public. And in this regard, there was some discussion around the role of constituency officers and that these should be parliamentary officers primarily rather than party political officers, which is what they have become. And uh, a, a suggestion was made that perhaps in, in the same way that uh, local councillors are required to report back to their wards and to their communities on a regular basis, that parliamentarians should likewise be required to do so. Uh, and this would create an opportunity for a, a more meaningful engagement between the electorate and their, their representatives in between elections. Um, and it was also said that, you know, there's been an over-reliance on the rules and in the uh, excerpt you played that just before the news where Mercedes Percent described some of the interventions that are being looked at at the moment. Now, whilst the rules are important and the rules must be upheld and, and all, of, all parties in Parliament need to respect the rules of, of the day, uh, what we felt was really missing was a set of conventions or implicit agreements uh, between the parties to, to how to deal with these issues of conflict. Um, you know, there, there is a trust deficit between the political parties in Parliament, and one of the, the biggest challenges is how to overcome that trust de deficit to enable Parliament to really to, to get back to business, to, to claim its status as an equal arm of the state, to hold the executive to, to account, to pass uh, uh, legislation, um, and, to, and to engage in issues of, of, of national concern as and when they arise, rather than months later when, they, when they're not as, not as topical as they were. So it was felt that it was a range of interventions that were required, and it required leadership. It required uh, from from the presiding officers as well as from the uh, the leadership of the political parties in parliament in order to address these issues. So it was it's a multifaceted mm -hmm. approach that is required, rather than simply saying we must strengthen the rules. Uh, yes, the rules do need to be strengthened and do need to be adhered to, uh, but there's a broader political issue that needs to be addressed as well. Mr. Mayor, apart from public perception, you know, how should the public go about uh, actually evaluating the role of Parliament more effectively? Yeah, and let me just before I try to respond to that question, add maybe to what uh, Lawson has just said, and I think he has he's outlined very perfectly what uh, also in my mind would be the correct way for Parliament to look at itself. Um, it boils down to the fact that the political parties themselves should get together and, and agree on the way forward and, and um, actually mutually decide on how they would like to, um, to, to present themselves to the public. So um, I think there's a huge responsibility on Parliament itself. I accept for the, as a fact that Parliament, for the larger part of it, um, is in fact functioning well. I'm not talking about the the, the public scenes in, in the National Assembly that we have uh, <clears throat> over the last year become accustomed to. But, but as far as the parliamentary work is concerned, meaning the portfolio committees, meetings, etc., I think that is going on as expected and, and how one should uh, expect them to operate. But as far as the, the, the public at large is concerned and, and the people's response to this, I think we must uh, also, as citizens of the country, make ourselves 
heard on the subject of what we expect of our parliamentarians. They are, after all, the representatives of the nation. They are representing the whole of South Africa. And, and for that reason, we as citizens should also speak out. And, and I think it's very important that Kazakh has raised its voice in this regard and made it quite clear on, on what is the expectation of Parliament. But I totally agree in the last instance that, you know, this is not a constitutional matter. There is not, a, there is not in the first instance, um, a question of undermining the Constitution. It's rather political behavior that we have seen that, uh, that became totally unacceptable in terms of its public presentation. But, but but how do we then broach that subject? Because um, the perception, at least uh, from the public, is that parliamentarians are there to first serve their parties uh, before anything else. So so how do you get past that? Yeah, I think you know that that is unfortunately a perception that often comes across, and particularly when one sees behaviour that is completely unacceptable. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's also important to, to, to keep in mind that our system provides for uh, the proportional representation as it is currently and uh, it's been since, since we became a democratic uh, dispensation. And, and the question remains, and I think that's a question that comes up from time to time, is to whether we should not move towards um, a more direct representation on uh, what is generally known as a constituency-based representation. And, and I think that debate should be should be opened again so that we can really look at it and see for ourselves if this is really what we want. Because at the moment, um, <clears throat> the people in Parliament are represented on a, on a party basis. That means that you and I, as citizens, don't know exactly who to approach and who the, 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 the individuals that are sitting there are representing. Uh, there is no direct interaction, in other words, direct responsibility between the voter and the representative. And, and one way to, to address that, of course, would be to, to, to find um, maybe something in between, and I know that has been under discussion before, uh, something in between where we have proportional representation and a direct uh, constituency-based representation, something where the voter then can approach his or her um, <clears throat> representative and, and make their voices known. At the moment, the most we can do is almost to make our voices known towards the party that uh, that uh, represents the voter's choice. And, and that in itself, uh, most of the time, would fail because there is no direct link with the person that is sitting there in Parliament and, uh, and to represent the particular voter. Um, um, we are now joined by Mr. Musibudi Mangena, who's in our um, Pulukwane studios. Thanks for your time this morning. Now, um, uh, listening to what Mr. Rulf uh, Mayer is saying, and of course, uh, as he says, this is you know not a new suggestion. People have spoken about the impact of the electoral system on uh, Parliament and the workings therein. But um, uh, uh, do you think that you know a, a different electoral system will actually bring about a different result to what we are seeing in Parliament? right now uh, not fundamentally I, I i think that what is happening now is as the my fellow pan- panelists have said is not a constitutional or legal matter i think it's a it's a problem of leadership uh, at the level of the political parties represented in parliament but as well as at the level of the institution itself that is parliament so relations relationships uh, amongst political parties and the 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 uh, the 
ability to lead their own members um, in a manner that um, uh, enables parliament to function uh, in a manner that it's supposed to to function it's it's what the problem is um, you can make as many rules as you want and if people have uh, are determined that they are going to uh, 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 pursue politics in 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 the manner that we see where it's titillating and and um, um, uh, entertaining, uh, but where there is very little, very little light at the end of the day, we we are not having a parliament that is serving society in uh, a, a proper way. And I think many people's frustration also stems, uh, Mr. Mangena, from the uh, the fact that they feel that there isn't real, you know, accountability, at least not in the way in which they would like to see it emerge from parliament. Yes, absolutely. There are uh, um, constituency offices um, uh, as well as the, uh, an arrangement whereby people might be able to uh, interact with their public representatives apart from the uh, constituency offices. I agree that um, uh, uh, it is the, uh, practice now that uh, constituency offices, which are really supposed to be... Um, uh, open for all members of society, not uh, members of a, of a, 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 the, the, the member of parliament who is responsible for that constituency office. But in practice, that's what it has tended to be. Uh, but I, I do know that uh, no one is turned away from a, a constituency office uh, because that person belongs to another party. But it is just that people don't feel... Uh, comfortable anymore. Just as national days, for example, say uh, Shabville Day or June 16, we have turned them into uh, uh, party political uh, activities when in fact they are not supposed to be so. They are supposed to be national. Mm. Um, Lawson I spoke yeah. earlier about a, um, a trust deficit, uh, Mr. Ruth Mayer. Now, um, you know, the, the question then becomes, you know, what is the real cause of the current uh, crisis in Parliament? What do you think is driving that in the main? Well, I think as it has emerged during the last year, <clears throat> you know, uh, we have, we've seen unfortunately behaviour that is really um, unacceptable and that has become uh, sort of the public face of Parliament. And that, to my mind, largely emerged as a result of some political parties, or one only, that wanted to demonstrate um, a different approach, first of all, to the way in which um, parliamentarians um, have, uh, have performed in the past. And uh, it's a little bit of an opportunistic approach in the sense that they want to demonstrate um, um, their presence and, and the way in which they want to attract more support, potentially. And I think that is, uh, that is something that one should sit down about and, and engage between the different political parties and get them that this is not acceptable to the public at large. This is not what um, South Africans in general want from their leaders and from their representatives. What they want is to, uh, them to address the real issues at stake, and that is uh, how do we improve the, the, the lives of all South Africans. Um, and I think that is the, the engagement that, that we should also bring about from civil society side, from the, 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 from the citizens all over, uh, is to say to political parties, to say to their representatives, um, 
we expect more of you. We, we, we're going to reject you if you continue this way, because this is not, uh, this is not acceptable in terms of the norms of representation. Mm. But, but but I remember a previous report um, uh, wherein civil society actually stated that uh, they had you know great difficulty actually getting to the people whom they wish to engage in uh, parliament in government and um, the same uh, is said for uh, ordinary citizens whereby for the most part they don't even seem to know where to go, Lawson Naidu. Well, that's one of the problems, uh, Sakina. Um, you know, p- people don't know where to go, and I think Mosibudi um, Mangene is right. You know, and people are not turned away from constituency offices if they go there. But the constituency offices, you know, to what extent are they making the effort to reach out to the electorate rather than simply, uh, you know, uh, b- being there? So I think there needs to be a much more dynamic engagement uh, to allow that to happen, uh, to enable people to feel that their voices are being taken seriously, to see how they their representatives behave in Parliament. And I think one of the issues that CASAC raised in August last year when we had the first major disruption of this first Parliament um, was, was around, the, you know, there was an ongoing failure of, the, of Parliament to really exert its, its authority over the executive. There were many um, uh, written questions that went unanswered by the executive. The president wasn't coming to Parliament often enough to answer questions. We've seen some improvement in that. The President is now committed to coming to Parliament four times a year to, to answer questions. And unfortunately, on the last occasion when he did come, it was a wasted opportunity because one of the political parties decided to use that occasion uh, not to allow the President to account to the country. Um, now, the, the issue that is hovering over all of this, and which is the elephant in the room, is very much the Nkandla issue. And I think the, 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 one cannot get away from the fact that Parliament has failed to exercise uh, due oversight over the executive in dealing with the, with the matter of, of, in, of the Nkandla report of the public protector. And Parliament needs to, you know, needs to confront that issue because I think that's one of the underlying political issues that if it's not dealt with, makes a political solution that much more difficult. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mangena, uh, uh, just on that score, you know, quite apart um, uh, from the, um, you know, the merits and demerits of the Nkandla case, what is Parliament's responsibility in enforcing ethical behaviour? Well, it's absolutely important. It, it, has, it, has, it has got an important role in, in, in terms of uh, in, um, uh, oversight um, as a, 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 an extremely important arm of the state as we, as we know it. But the, the problems of parliament as, as uh, they manifest themselves presently are not isolated. You know, in, in recent years, we can see the general degeneration of state institutions. Uh, Parliament is the latest one, but look at the NPA, look at um, uh, SARS, look at uh, the post office, look at uh, the executive itself. There, there is in Kansla that is, is, has been festering for so long. And of course, uh, it is absolutely important that uh, Parliament should engage with um, uh, issues like in Kansla. It's very important, like Marikana and so on. But the manner in which you do it it's, it's important. You can see uh, people are just angry and they are fighting over other things. Um, as, as I said, there are, there are problems of relationships. There are people who say that I will ensure that you don't function. Uh, it doesn't matter whether the institution suffers or not. Uh, those are the kind of things that probably need to be sorted out uh, amongst political parties outside of parliament as well as uh, in Parliament itself through the, a, a very important uh, organ of Parliament called um, uh, 
what is it called now? The, 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 it brings together the WIPs forum, where the leadership of different political parties meet at a political level, not at an administrative uh, and technical level, but at a political level to sort out the issues of parliament and how parliament should be run and how we should behave as uh, members, as public representatives. Mm. And then, and, uh, of course, Ruth Mayer, there's also the issue of the principle of separation of powers. And, um, you know, that has really uh, come to the fray uh, very strongly during this fifth parliament. What's your take on it? Uh, are you saying the division of powers? And uh, the separation of powers, because there's been complaints yes. about, you know, the judiciary and uh, the, the role yeah. that the judiciary has now been uh, forced to play because people are referring uh, cases uh, to uh, the judiciary. And people are saying, well, uh, why can't Parliament sort out its own problems? Well, that is what's, what's supposed to be the case, you know, but uh, unfortunately, if, if me or particular political party do feel themselves uh, not uh, listened to or adhered to in terms of the normal rules of parliament, I guess then they have no option but to go the legal route. That means to go to to, to a court, uh, take the necessary uh, <clears throat> support and or protection. But uh, the, the, the whole point, I think, about separation of power comes into the question whether parliament is really fulfilling its role in the first instance, and that is to keep the executive uh, accountable. Uh, I think Lawson has referred to that in his opening remarks, and, and that is, I think, the main question what, that should be addressed in this regard. Is Parliament uh, able to fulfill that role? Uh, in other words, are members of Parliament from all political parties really adhering to that responsibility and that principle? Um, it's, it's difficult in one short answer to, to, to give an overall uh, assessment of that. And I'm not close enough to the scene nowadays to, to really know what is at stake. But, but in general, I would say the impression is that, that Parliament should upgrade its responsibility in that regard. I don't think uh, the executive is always kept accountable in the way it should be. Um, the colleagues have just referred to the, to the case of Encantla. I think that is just one particular example, but there are others as well where accountability is at stake and uh, is at risk. And I think that responsibility is, to my mind, the, the main one that should be addressed by Parliament as its main function with regard to um, uh, the separation of power and doctrine. Is there a need for the role of Parliament to be re-evaluated? And if so, why? And uh, just a reminder of our guest this morning, unfortunately, Rolf Mayer has had to go, but we still have uh, Musibudi Mangena with us as well as uh, Lawson Naidu. So tell us what your views are, 891 Let's start with Mike in Newlands. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Um, yes, what, a, what an important debate. My, my view is there's actually nothing wrong with Parliament. Essentially, it's this democracy and it, it should work on paper. But why is there this big disconnect between Parliament and the parliamentarians and the people? It's very simply because we as the people do not elect the parliamentarians that sit in Parliament. Where we have a situation at the moment where the President himself selects the people that he wants in Parliament, which is, and I can demonstrate this by proving that not one ANC MP has actually spoken up against the president. That is because the ANC MPs are beholden to the man that put them in the position in the first place. They're unlikely to get employment elsewhere, so the, the first thing they will do 
as MPs is defend the president who, who ensures that they get their seat. And the voter, like me and you, um, will have absolutely no say whatsoever. That is why we desperately need a constituency-based system. And then to just a, another final point quickly, your, one uh, speaker there said we should have more reports back to the constituency. But that's the whole point. You see, nobody in, we watch Parliament because we are frustrated as the people of this country watching the ANC involved in encounters and Americanas, and there's nothing we can do as the people. That is why the EFF is so disruptive because they really, in a sense, what they're doing is they are venting the frustration that I feel and many South Africans feel. In fact, probably even most will find out in the next election about the fact that we can't go on like this where we have a district, a parliament that simply doesn't uh, be again elected and, is, and, the, and the MP is not beholden to me. So I can't go to a public meeting and say, I elected you. Why did you do X and not Y? Thank you so much. Mike and Newlands from one mic to another in Middleburg. Good morning. Morning, Sakina and your panel, and thanks very much for taking my call. Uh, Sakina, you see the problem in Parliament with some of the parliamentarians there is that they cannot differentiate between robustness and anarchy. When they shout, you know, uh, uncontrollably, they think they've got it, and they think uh, they are role models uh, to young people out there, and uh, really it's a cause for concern because Parliament is regarded as an august house, and uh, it is worrisome in terms of the image that is projected. Remember, when we meet parliamentarians, you know, we look up to them as honorable people, and uh, even young people who enter for debate competitions we take them to legislatures we want them to see how things are done so you can imagine when they watch tv and they see these um, old men you know who are said to be youngsters uh, they are over 30 some of them and uh, they are shouting they are causing pandemonium making the whole situation ungovernable. But my take, Sakina, is that they do so deliberately, making parliament ungovernable because they lack ability to put their points across. They realize that they are in the minority. At the end of the day, they might not see the light of the day. So they decide to be disruptive. And I think um, the chaotic August House really must be attended to. Otherwise, we will remain a laughing stock. It cannot be left like this. So uh, do you say that uh, the, rule, uh, the uh, role of Parliament should be evaluated or not? No, definitely we must uh, review because uh, as, we, as things are now, Sakina, it looks like everybody is helpless. Uh, you go to court, the court rules against you. They tell you that, no, these people are expressing views of the people who elected them, you know, to be disruptive in Parliament. All right. Thank you so much, Mike, in Middleburg. Let's go to Zithe in Bizana. Good morning. Hello, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you? I do not think that Parliament needs to be re-evaluated. I think that the, the rules in Parliament are fine. The position is very clear about what becomes the role of Parliament. But the point that you have made earlier on with regard to the doctrine of the separation of powers, in Russia, it is not very clear. The separation of powers, actually between the executive and the, and, and the legislature, is not very clear. The legislature we have does not take the executive into account, does not, does not, does not, does not make the executive, does not cause 
I mean, exercise that oversight necessary for the investigation into the executive. And as a result, you don't form a clear separation between the executive and the legislature. Hence, many people will resort to the judiciary when they found that they, they, they cannot get listen to. I think one of the fundamental reasons of democracy is to ensure that the minorities are able to express their opinion and they are taken seriously and, and their views are considered. And, 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 and not the question of being ignored. You only talk and, and, and we decide as, as we had wanted to. But that does not in any way seem, seem to condone the behavior of some of the parliamentarians in making the parliament unreasonable. But those are some of the things you can expect if you continue to ignore those who are in minority in the legislature. And lastly, the role of the judiciary versus the 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 in the constitution is, is part of the principle of constitutionalism to ensure that the executive does not govern arbitrarily. Thank you very much. Sir. Thank you so very uh, so very much, Zitle and Bizana, um, Muhuru in Cape Town. Good morning. Okay, some problems with that line. Let's go to uh, Felix in Nelspreet. Morning, Felix. Good morning, thank you for. Good morning, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I, hello. Can you hear me? We can hear you, Felix. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, actually, I think the law should be reviewed, but fundamentally, you see, uh, the people of this country does not have the direct right to vote for their representatives, and the countries that are practicing this uh, uh, electoral system, they are not doing it uh, foolishly. Is because it is necessary for everybody to be able to elect his president directly, the members of parliament directly, the provincial leaders or premiers directly, so that these people can be accounted to the people that elect, uh, elected them into power. The problem now is that you just vote for parties, and parties select whoever they like. It may be a thief, it may be a rogue, it doesn't matter to anyone. The party just decided to uh, choose anyone to go to parliament to do whatever they like. So, and these people only can can report back to their parties. So they are not in any way reporting back to the people that are supposed to be electing them. And that's what the problem is. No, thank you so much uh, for that, uh, Felix and Alspreet. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get a response to uh, some of those views, read some messages, and take more of your calls. I am Michael Mabuyakulu, the Guaznatal MEC of Economic Development, Tourism, and Environmental Affairs. This month, the international community observed World Environment Day. The theme for 2015 is 7 billion dreams, one planet, consume with care. As World Environment Month draws to a close, we must remember that it is the responsibility of each and every person to protect our environment, to do more with less, and to ensure that greater care is taken in the way limited resources are consumed. We must remember too that without a sound environment, we cannot have economic growth. Let us ensure that in everything we do, we continue to protect our environment, not only for us, but for posterity. The greatest gift we can bestow to the generations to come is an environmental sound future. Protecting our environment is therefore our collective responsibility beyond this month. Forgot your e-filing login details? No problem. Be tech smart and visit sarsefiling.co.za for a reminder of your username or to reset your password. Simply log in, click the question mark icon, follow the prompts, and we'll send you an email or SMS. That's right. Getting your e-filing login details is just a click away. Visit sarsefiling.co.za for more information. Tax season opens 1 July. SARS, at your service. 
The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Our question on the forum at eight this morning. Is there a need uh, for the role of parliament to be re-evaluated and why? Uh, Lawson Ida, let me give you first crack at a response to some of those uh, questions and comments. Uh, thanks, uh, Sakina. Um, I think the issue of electoral reform has come up a few times now in this debate this morning. Unfortunately, we don't have the time to get into that in any detail. Uh, but CASAC recently undertook a research study on, on looking at the relationship between electoral systems and accountability, and specifically whether changing the electoral system in South Africa would ensure greater accountability. Uh, that report is available on our website, and it really reaches the conclusion that uh, the electoral system is fundamentally not a, not a significant driver of accountability. It needs greater citizen activism in order to ensure that accountability. But I think it, 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 it does uh, uh, raise the question that I think uh, which has come up in, in that context of uh, who owns the seat and to what extent is the representatives, when they're elected to parliament, uh, we, you said earlier they represent political parties, they actually represent the electorate. And that, that's something that we need to get back to. And one of the suggestions that has come up in this debate as to whether the, once the, uh, the list system has, has played itself out and the member is in Parliament, should that member not own the seat? And then if the member owns the seat, then they're not as beholden to party bosses as they currently are. And perhaps, as someone pointed out, um, MPs might, might then feel freer to speak up against the executive and to hold the executive more accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the other issue that has come up is about the, you know, the, the rights of minority parties. And I think this, this is something that has come up in the statement that we issued last week in that, the, you know, this really involves a fundamental uh, balancing between the rights of minority parties and the rights of the majority party. Parliament is, is fundamentally an inclusive, multi-party deliberative forum in which the rights of both the majority and the minority need to be taken into account. Uh, to have views aired, but at the end of the day, we're operating in a democratic system in which the the views of the majority will hold sway at the end of the day, but that is after a deliberative process. Um, And just the final point on this, I think, you know, this thing about the the role of the minority parties and building trust, for the first time in the fifth parliament, we have an all all, uh, majority party uh, team of presiding officers, you know, the speaker, deputy speaker, and the house chairs and so on. In every other parliament since 1994, there's been a representative of one of the opposition parties in that presidium of presiding officers. And that the involvement of that opposition party person has in the past helped played a role in building that trust between parties. And I think that's one of the, the significant uh, uh, failures in the current parliament. Um, Ms. Mangena, let me come to you, but let me read a few messages uh, to you as well. Jacques C. Cupido says, um, uh, the parliament uh, system hasn't changed prior to 94. Uh, the whole Westminster system should be reviewed. To which Max Naidu says, very interestingly, we're taking a sledgehammer to crack a peanut. Our parliament is still maturing and uh, we may stifle it by overreacting. So are we overreacting at this point? I don't think we are overreacting um, because what is what's, what's taking place in, 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 in Parliament is unseemly and it's not the way things ought to be. Um, <clears throat> but to come to the trust deficit that uh, a, a few people have referred to, um, you know, when I was in Parliament, there, 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 there was a leadership uh, that was inclusive uh, in the sense that they accommodated everyone. Uh, and the uh, ruling party uh, or the governing party 
did not throw its weight around uh, unnecessarily, uh, but s- sought to consult with other parties uh, and, 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 and found agreements sometimes, and, and other times there were no agreements at all. And, and, uh, but by and large, relations um, were such that parliament could run properly. So I think that's what is lacking presently. Uh, those who are in the ruling party just feeling that um, we will ram down uh, whatever decisions we, we we would like to make, regardless of what other people in in Parliament thinks. So that state that um, space in Parliament need to be shared amongst all the public representatives that are there, and of course taking into account the fact that there are majority parties and parties that are are are, are in the minority. There is the um, uh, issue of. Uh, uh, the electoral system. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, 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 yes, uh, the different uh, electoral systems have got their strong points and their weak, their weak points. But there is a, 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 a people who believe that uh, just changing the electoral system and say to direct elections, for example, will, will, uh, will be the panacea and will solve many of the problems that we see in Parliament. I'm afraid not. Um, it might solve some, but not others. If people are determined that they are going to play politics in the manner in which they are playing them now in Parliament, whether or not they were uh, elected directly or not, um, will not will not come into play in, in, in that situation. Mm. But also, if members of Parliament, even if they are, direct, they are elected directly, they belong to political parties and have got to... Uh, um, adhere to party uh, political uh, discipline, uh, they will still behave more or less in, in, in the manner in which they are behaving now. But, but just the last point uh, on, on this uh, uh, around uh, Sakina. I, 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 I suspect that the judiciary might devalue itself if... Um, it, 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 it is called upon to resolve every problem everywhere, especially in the other arms of, 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 mm-hmm. of, of the state. Um, so parliament, for example, ought to be able to order its own affairs and run those, uh, those affairs without um, undue um, interference from the, either the executive or the judiciary. And, and, uh, but of course, in serious matters re- relating to legislation where um, uh, the constitutional uh, issues are impacted upon, then the judiciary has a very important role to play there. But what is the judiciary supposed to do when these cases are brought before them? I think that, in my view, those that are, for example, uh, issues relating to unparliamentary language and many other small things like that, they must refer them back to parliament to resolve. And um, uh, just before uh, we go back to the lines, uh, many people talking about the role of the speaker now, Lawson Naidu, you had two former speakers as part of your panel in Frini Jinwala and Max Isulu. Is this something that came up? And um, I'd be really interested to know what uh, your panel had to say about this. Well, obviously, the, the, the role of the speaker uh, and the presiding officers, really, it wasn't just about the speaker. We were looking, remember, we were looking at par- a parliament broadly, and, and the role of the speaker was obviously an issue that was discussed. And we felt that... It, you know, it was stated uh, that you know the speaker needed to to uh, to ensure impartiality and neutrality, 
to have the confidence of all the uh, all the parties represented in Parliament, the majority party as well as the uh, the various uh, opposition parties, uh, in order to be able to effectively run that institution. And I think that there is a perception out there that the presiding the team of presiding officers at the moment does not have the uh, the confidence of, of all the parties in Parliament, or at least the majority uh, of the parties in Parliament. Was that and, the and view that, of your panel as well? Well, it was the view of some of the panel. You know, I, I, I must stress that this panel was conducted under the Chatham House rule, so um, we're not at liberty to disclose who said what. And uh, it's by no means suggesting that what I'm uh, reflecting here was a consensus view of all of, the, all of the participants. But I'm seeking to raise some of the issues that were raised in that discussion. So um, obviously having two former speakers there puts them in a, in a very uh, difficult position of having to comment uh, on, on an institution that they were once heading. So one has to be uh, respectful of, of their views and their, their opinions in that regard. But I, I, you know, I don't think we can have a discussion of Parliament w- without raising the role of the presiding officers in, in dealing with that. And I think in the clip that you played earlier, you know, highlighted one of the occasions where, where the presiding officers you know, lose control of the House. And, and this does, you know, and then the house degenerates. And I think one of the callers made made a reference of, of this issue in terms of uh, the the respect that should be accorded to, uh, by members of parliament to each other. And the, and the important implication of that is what message does that send send out to the public when we have a contestation of a political ideas at a community level? We've got local government elections coming up, and if you see that kind of disrespect in the house, how is that going to play out? Uh, in, in, uh, in the context of, of a, a contest for, lo- for local elections next year. Uh, those, are, those are issues of leadership that I think that uh, Rolf Mayer and Masibudi Mangena have spoken about that is lacking in Parliament of, of providing that kind of leadership, both at the institutional level of the presiding officers and at the political level of the, uh, the leaders of political parties and the representatives in Parliament. Well, we're going to go back to the lines now. That question, um, is there a need for the role of Parliament to be re-evaluated? And if so, why? I'm doing Durban. Good morning. Morning. Hi. How are you? Well, and you? Good, good. Uh, my view is just a layman, layman point of view, really. I, I honestly don't think any presiding officer would have presided honestly in this house. Because we've got a group of guys, a group of leaders who are just hell-bent to cause anarchy. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, uh, Balega has always been, uh, I mean, uh, the deputy speaker in the previous parliament. We've seen it. We've, we we have seen it. Mexico losing it as well. When uh, when uh, say Misuale Cote was also just going out of the way. And uh, my view is that with uh, uh, the relationship with uh, the current leadership and the opposition parties, well, it's well and good for Mr. Mangana to say that the, the relationships were cordial and all of that. But I doubt, well, uh, Tony Leon will say the same thing about uh, Tabum Begi and himself. He, will, he, he is in a position to say that, of course, because he was given a ministry position. And, and also, uh, I just, uh, I, I'm just losing track of, of myself, but basically those are the, my, okay. my two points. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much, Mdu and Durban. Open Johannesburg, good morning. Morning uh, to your guest. I think uh, the anti-majoritarian stance of some of the NGOs and the opposition and some people in the commercial media is very worrying. A notion that you can have a minority in parliament when the majority doesn't agree with it, it disrupts parliament. The speaker has been a deputy speaker and a speaker for many years in the parliament. The issue is that we have got a small party which has taken a stance 
to disrupt parliament, make it ungovernable because the majority of South Africans rejected that. So I don't think there's any way of talking about the role of the speaker who must tighten the rules. DO would not want the ANC to disrupt the legislature in, in the Western Cape. And then we've got a, co- a congregation of minority who do not want the will of the majority to be exercised. They are now talking about a new parliamentary uh, uh, voting system. Comrade Mosiburi must address the anti-majoritarian stance of some of the NGOs, some of the journalists, some of the so-called commentators who are precise, completely opposed to, to, to the will of the majority. Okay, thanks, Hope, in Joburg. And the final one from Kolani in Gladstone. Good morning. Morning. All the rules of the national institution are under review suddenly because they don't suit the current president. These rules have been there for the past 230 years, you know. The judiciary, you know, interpret the rules the way they are. That was voted by the majority, who is the ANC, because now they want to bend these rules suddenly. You understand? The issue of majority to minority, when something is wrong, is wrong. doesn't matter who does it. When something is right, even if no one is doing it, it's right. The MP, you know the other problem that causes this parliament is that there's, there are MPs who have been caught with pens down, you know, in the street. Then they went to parliament and they become vulnerable. How can you say somebody is vulnerable? Whom when, you know, we find that you are doing years, you have so many MPs outside. Okay. Thanks, Kolani and Klerksop. Uh, Mr. Mangena, let me start with you. Well, um, I, I, I think that Parliament um, worked in the past, um, and, and not because of what Mudu is saying about me having had a, 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 a cabinet post. Tony Leon, Constant Feljun, all sorts of people like that who had uh, different political uh, orientation and ideological orientation as opposed to other political parties, say the PAC and uh, Azapo and the ANC and so forth were able to function in Parliament because um, there was an understanding that all of us as public representatives have got to make Parliament to work properly and serve uh, society, serve the country um, uh, as it is, it, it is meant to be. Now, if people are determined that they are not going to make it work, it will not work. And, and I think this, this is something that we have got to decry and try and bring uh, uh, order and and light in Parliament so that it can debate the issues, national issues that that really matters, um, and and um, um, uh, provide oversight over the executive and, uh, and ensure that uh, governance uh, is as it should be in the country. And Parliament has got that role to play as um, uh, it, 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 is, it, 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 it is made up of people who were elected by mm. the nation to go there and go and solve the issues uh, that need their attention. Lawson, I do you have uh, less than a minute um, and perhaps just to respond to what Hope was raising, um, the small parties in Parliament and as talking about their anti-majoritarian stance and uh, maybe you want to respond to that. Um, indeed, Sakina, thank you. Um, look, I mean, I think, you know, we, we live in a constitutional democracy where the Constitution is supreme. And whilst the majority, as I said earlier, the majority does have the right to govern and to rule because they've, they've won an election and that grants them that authority. But that, that authority needs to be exercised within the uh, constraints of the Constitution. And, that, you know, Parliament is a multi-party deliberative body. It needs to take into account the views of all uh, all parties before coming to to its uh, to its positions. I think too often in recent times we've seen uh, 
disputes in Parliament around the rules rather than around substantive issues. And I think this is what is creating that disconnect that one of the earlier callers spoke about between Parliament and, and, and ordinary people. And I think pol- the challenge for Parliament is to make itself relevant to the issues facing the people of this country. And unless it does that by debating issues of national importance, as Mosi Mangena has just said, by holding the executive to account, it's going to fail in that responsibility. And that's the ultimate challenge of Parliament, is to really to deliver on its constitutional mandate. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning, Lawson Naidu from Kesek, as well as uh, Musibudi Mangena. And uh, thanks to you for your fantastic participation.